point start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And Father, uh, so yesterday, I've got to start this way. I, I, I drove past you yesterday. I was in Watertown, South Dakota to speak at their uh, Truth on Tap event. And it was like 80 yesterday. And this weekend, we're spo- there's a chance of snow. <laughs> Welcome to the land of infinite variety. Amen. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I love the fall. It's partially because that's when my birthday is, but partially just because, yes, the variety. It's the spice of life, Father. It is the spice of life, and it makes, especially, yeah, the, uh, variety's nice. Variety is nice. In the, if I lived like someplace where they didn't have seasons, it's like hot or hotter or something like that. Hot or hotter, exactly. Yeah. So speaking of variety, Father and I, how's this for a segue? Father and I like a variety of topics <laughs> for our, uh, our, our radio show and podcast, and you can share those topics, your ideas, your questions about um, anything we've said on this or other episodes of Ignition, um, comments, whatever it is, email me, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org, c-b-u-r-g-w-a-l-d at sfcatholic.org. Dot O-R-G. Uh, so, if, Father, we, we, we've spoken uh, briefly a couple times about this this conference that we've got coming up at the end of, of October, the end of this month. It's October now. Uh, Encountering Jesus Christ uh, um, and Sharing Him with Others. It's a conference for the new evangelization. Uh, and just this is going to be a, a good entry point into today's topic, uh, but we just thought we'd talk briefly about this conference to begin with. Uh, it's a two-day uh, event, um, with Friday being particularly for priests like Father Dickinson and oh. and other uh, other clergy, deacons, uh, religious parish staff, DREs, really for those who work directly in or help work with, with religious education, catechesis, discipleship, that sort of thing at the parish level. And then Saturday is, is for all the faithful. Uh, it's a very family-friendly event, but we've got some uh, exciting speakers uh, coming. Yeah, they're exciting speakers, and I'm excited about them coming in. Uh, Father, our, our keynote for both days is, is Curtis Martin, who you uh, know a little bit. Why is that? Well, Curtis Martin is the founder of Focus, the Fellowship of uh, Catholic University Students, uh, which does evangelization work on around 100-some campuses uh, throughout uh, the United States. He's also a member of the Pontifical Council for the New Evangelization. So he knows something about this evangelization thing, right? Exactly. He, yeah. And he's been trying to put in practice for quite a while. Exactly. Uh, so, so, yeah, Focus is, is definitely growing. A lot of interest in the part of, of bishops, uh, campus ministries, uh, inviting them to come in. Um, I don't know if they have more demand they, they can fulfill, but they're they're pretty close to that, aren't they? Uh, pretty much right. So the bishop has to invite them, as well as with the cooperation of the local parish, uh, the local Newman Center uh, outreach in that way, and uh, and then they launch into uh, trying to proclaim Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. And uh, and, and Father has uh, some some knowledge because Focus is present at SDSU. Um, do you, Father, do you know how long Focus has been there? This is year number 
seven here at SDSU. Okay, okay. Also present at uh, USD um, in Vermilion as well. So Curtis is going to be speaking, uh, and you can find the information. Uh, what he's going to be talking about are other speakers who who will mention briefly um, at the website for the conference. It's sfcatholic.org/slash/encounterjc. Encounter JC. So it's sfcatholic.org slash encounter JC. Um, there's a bar across the top. It's got um, the speakers, the topics they'll be speaking on, a schedule, and you can register online. Uh, but the other, other speakers, uh, particularly for Saturday, again, the day that's for all the lay faithful, um, everybody's welcome to come to both days if you want, but, but Saturday is the day that uh, is particularly uh, oriented towards the general faithful. Um, the, the other speakers on Saturday, Father Mike Phones uh, is going to be speaking speaking about evangelizing with your ears, uh, which uh, is an intriguing idea to me, Father. I think it's a great idea, and I've been, ever since I've heard that title, I've been bringing up that idea with lots of people, uh, with students. Uh, on Monday, I was at uh, Bishop, uh, the Bishop's Charity Pheasant Hunt, and I was talking with some of the non-hunters about that whole idea. Um, and uh, of just that attentiveness that that can bring and how it can make your efforts to spread the gospel so much more fruitful. Absolutely. And Father Phones, he's a he's a Dominican from the Western Province, the Western uh, part of the United States, um, and he's involved with the Catherine of Siena Institute. He is, I think, he's the co-director of the Catherine of Siena Institute. Some of you listeners may may be familiar with the 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 co-founder of the institute, whose name is Sherry Weddle. She wrote a, Sherry wrote a book last year called "Forming Intentional Disciples." That a number of of, of, uh, of people in the church, uh, including in our diocese, have read um, priests, deacons, uh, general lay faithful, diaries, etc. So Father Mike works with Sherry in the um, in the, the Catherine of Siena Institute, in addition to his own responsibilities for the uh, Dominicans in the Western Province. Uh, the other speaker, uh, Jim Ennis. Jim is uh, uh, he was raised Catholic, left the church for a time, and invo- was involved with the Navigators. Um, if you've heard of Campus Crusade for Christ, the Navigators are, are somewhat similar. They they do missionary work, uh, especially on on campuses. And Jim was involved with them for a long time. Came back to the church about I think twelve, maybe fifteen years ago. And uh, is is on fire also with has a passion for uh, proclaiming the gospel uh, for the work of evangelization, um, and, and and he's going to be speaking both days. Saturday he's going to be talking about his journey back to the church and, and some of the things that he brought with them, uh, with him, uh, so, some basic ideas on how we can share the faith. Jim actually um, has is is piloting as part of his work with the National Catholic Rural Life Conference. He's piloting a, a small group discipleship program at Holy Trinity Parish in Huron, here in South Dakota. Sorry? Excellent. Yeah. So he's going to be sharing uh, Friday in particular, Father, uh, he's going to be talking about um, that pilot program. It's called Life in Christ. Um, uh, this the, A model, Focus uses a model like this. Um, we, within the diocese, we're launching a, a similar model. Um, it, just re- a really effective way, Father, I think, to, to lead people to a d- deeper relationship with Christ in the church through small groups. Because I think and this might be a good little time for you to talk more about the heart of this con today, instead of just promoing this conference, maybe even to move into our content uh, for this uh, uh, for this edition. But this idea of uh, the Krigma, because in those in these small groups, we can just be so much more attentive to uh, the individual and to what's going on in their life, 
and whether now might be the acceptable time, whether now is the moment uh, to uh, for someone to be more receptive or more open to receive uh, the uh, the fullness of the measure of, Je- uh, measure of Jesus Christ in, in in a new way. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the for me, Father. You know, I, I was sharing with you. You know, every now and then, there's something that you've 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 known for a long time. Um, this is my experience. I'm guessing it's yours too. There's there's something that you've known for a long time, but for whatever reason, the circumstances in life or something, um, you're struck by them in a particular way. Does that make sense? Very much so. Yeah, the, the eureka moment. Exactly, and it's like, well, I've known this before, but yet somehow it's like, wow. Um, and for me, it, it's you, you used a word called kerygma, and, and we're gonna explain that and unpack that. But but another another uh, basic way that 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 I was struck by the, the, the today's topic recently. The core message of Christianity. What is the core message of Christianity? Or to use a, a, a familiar word, what is the gospel? And, and not the gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But what is the gospel? What is the good news? Um, just really, as part of this whole context of discipleship and evangelization, that's that, that's the, the question is, or really the question of how do we articulate that in a in a in a uh, succinct manner, um, has been floating around the 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 edges for me for a while and and just recently came to the forefront um actually prompted by what we talked about last week with Francis's interview Pope Francis's interview uh led me to do some some reading about this topic of what exactly is the gospel so father how how would you Somebody said you, you know, oftentimes it'd probably be an evangelical Protestant, to be honest, but you know, what is the gospel? Have you, do you believe the gospel? How, how would you articulate the gospel? Uh, I would articulate the gospel as uh, the fact that uh, we uh, and our weakness can't meet uh, all of our needs in this world, and while there's lots of good things uh, that we're able to do, we can't do it all, and so we're in need of something, someone else was beyond ourselves, and that precisely is uh, Jesus Christ, who has come in, who is God come in the human flesh uh, to uh, show us how to find that fulfillment, that grace, uh, the peace of God, reconciliation with God in this life, and the hope of uh, eternal happiness in the next. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's all sorts of ways. And what the, 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 one of the great things about the gospel is that the, the way that we articulate, we, because if, if we're striving to live it, the way that we articulate it is going to be very personal, just based on the things, you know, there's going to be common elements. I'll, I'll, I'll give my take on it here in a moment. Certainly going to be common elements, but yet um, reflected in and through our own life experience, don't you think? Right, very much so. And so... Um and when we best share it, especially in like a small group setting, we're going to have that own personal touch of our own experience of it, uh, which is it's like when I like spoke broadly a moment ago about like you know weaknesses or failures in our own life. I'm certainly thinking of experiences of my own weakness and failure uh, in my life and how uh, I have met our Lord in those things. 
Absolutely. And so for me today, and, and you know, uh, five years ago, I would have articulated it differently. Five years from now, I might articulate it differently. But for me today, um, the way that I would answer the question, what is the gospel is God loves all of us and each of us, me, uh, intensely. And to show that he sent his son to become one of us, he died on the cross and rose again and saves me from my sin. And Father, it's the latter point in particular that you and I spoke about, I think, uh, last night and preparing for a little bit for this podcast uh, and radio show. That latter point is what's really struck me lately in, in particular. Of course, I believed everything else I just said. I've believed, known that and believed that for, for many years. But the fact that Jesus saves me, not, of course, for eternal life, which is the, the, the pinnacle, but, but it begins today that he, he, Jesus desires to enter into my life, to enter into my weakness, my sin, my brokenness and heal me or begin to heal me today. It's not, it's not just something that's for the moment of my death. It begins, he wants to heal me today. And somehow for whatever reason, lately I've just been really awed by that truth, that fact, that reality. What's what's made that so odd? Or, yeah, that's or a good. Yeah, why is that? that struck that off for you? Yeah, I think, you know, just as I've, I've as I've tried to grow in my prayer life and so on, and and just become more aware of the fact that Jesus isn't out there somewhere, but He's here with me now, and He He wants He He wants to save me. Just the nearness and the nowness of Jesus Christ in my life is probably as as I've tried to grow in my awareness of that and my relationship with him through prayer and through him and in him through him with the father and in the spirit, um, all the persons of the Trinity trying to become more aware of God's presence and power in my life. I think that might be part of why, um, I've been struck. This is this something related to that. Um, I, I was sharing with, with some people at work a couple weeks ago how sometimes when I'll drive into work in the morning, I, I might say some you know uh, morning prayers. Um, and, and I realized recently that I was praying as if God was in the car ahead of me, Father. You know, direct, oh Lord, all, I mean, speaking very, like, and, and I, a few weeks ago, I, I, I caught myself, hold on. I don't need to shout. He's not hard of hearing. <laughs> he's right here with me. You know, God is my co-pilot or whatever. No, it's even, he, he's, he's, he's more, he's more intimate to me than I am to myself. God is with me. And, and, and just, it, I was struck by that again. Uh, and, and I just, so it, it literally changed the way that I pray in the sense of, I, I'm not yelling as if he's out there because yes, he's out there, but he's also right here near me. And so going back to this whole question of the gospel, Father, for, for I think the reason I've been struck by that is I've just, um, it's the fruit of, of, of my efforts. It's God giving me, you know, the, the, the gift of an increasing awareness, knowledge of his nearness, his presence to me and his desire to work in my life, his, his, his power to save me. And, and, and that's the other aspect too, you know, just, you know, we all have anxieties and things that we're, you know, working on, whether it be family or work or whatever. Um, and, 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 and just recently I was more and more, I came across a number of passages in consecutive days. And to me, it was clearly providential where the, the bottom line was don't be anxious, have faith. 
um, and, and just struck by that. Like my anxiety, my worries, you know, in whatever circumstance are a reflection of my lack of faith, my lack of trust, trust my lack of confidence. I think that I think those are some of the things that have factored into why I've had this eureka moment with uh, with regard to the gospel as not just words, Father, but but as power. I, I, somewhere, some, uh, an Australian archbishop um, uh, gave a podcast recently that I just listened to, and he, and he paraphrases what St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The gospel is the power of God to save. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. It's not just words. It's not information. It's not just informative. It's performative. God works through the power of the gospel. Uh, and I was, I'm just, again, been really struck by that lately. And again, I think that gets to a lot of what uh, uh, Pope Benedict and um, Pope Meredith Benedict and Pope Francis have desired to do in many ways was to uh, get uh, uh, bring the Church to rediscover that power of the gospel and the power of the name of Jesus. Right. That it's that it's not just knowledge that we learn, um, but it, but it's it's meant to, and it can shape our lives in a very real way. And it's beautiful when it does. Absolutely, um, and, and and so to allow it to happen, um, to 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 you know, I, I thought it was so fitting. Um, well, huh? How about that? The year of faith. I need to grow in faith. Imagine that. Um, and so just being called in this really, really real way to increase my faith in God's presence and power in my life. Which is which is beautiful. Which is wonderful. I mean, why would we not? think to want the power of the name of Jesus and the life of Jesus to be more involved in our life. Absolutely. And, and yep. to have that expand in that way. And that there should even be, in a sense, uh, a sense of urgency for us in that regard. You know, do do we seek for it to grow? Do we desire for it to grow? Um, or we do do we suffer from complacency? Absolutely. And I think even more, you know, Father, um, one of the other things that... Uh, that this this Arch, uh, Australian Archbishop mentioned in his podcast, he, he, his experience um, having been a, a Catholic priest and, and now bishop for many years, um, and and this seems I, I think I've seen this as well. You know, obviously in in our country, um, and not his, but I, I think it's true in many places. Many Catholics, if you ask them what's the core message of Christianity. Um, Many of them might say something like this: "Believe in God and be a good person." Now, that's obviously important. We are we, we need we do need to believe in God. We need to have faith. We do need to be a good moral person. We need to live the life of Christ um, and share that with others. That's big. That's a big part of what Francis has been talking about in his uh, young pontificate. But that's not the core message of the gospel. And again, that brings us back to that word that you had mentioned um, initially, the kerygma. What is, what's the kerygma? What does the word mean? Not in terms of its content, but what's the word mean? Well, the, I think at the heart of it, it's a Greek word. Uh, and uh, I'm forgetting the exact meaning of it. I'm a little ashamed here that you caught me with that question. Sorry. You can help me out with that. <laughs> I, I, I think proclamation. Uh, I'll verify that. But I, I think, it, yeah, it is a Greek word. Um, I think an announcement or proclamation, but give me a second. But yeah, preaching. Kind of right. Yeah, it's a word for preaching, proclamation. Excellent. Yep, yep. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, right. So this idea of, um, but but it's more than just the word uh, of pre- preaching or proclamation, but it's the idea of 
God and his providence providing, providing moments uh, in someone's life in which uh, we're more receptive to, we're more ready for, and we need uh, all the more uh, the proclamation of uh, the gospel. We need to hear all the more uh, the truth that uh, there is a name uh, with power. So, okay, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> but also maybe something to go with that would be uh, the truth, uh, that there isn't just one moment like that in our life. Now, I think this might be one thing where maybe when we're talking about this as Catholics, we might get a little fidgety, a little uncertain. Well, that sounds kind of like what maybe one of those Protestant uh, people say when they come and knock on my door, and they say, have you declared Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Right. Right. And so this is different from that because um, this is um, just that there are moments. And, and, and for, for any Christian, there's oftentimes new moments of kerygma in which maybe someone in maybe just hearing the words of the gospel pronounced at Mass, maybe uh, hearing um, uh, someone else share about their own life with Christ uh, or anything else, or just a life moment, a baptism, a funeral, something like that, we're struck by it in a new way. Yeah, and again, those those eureka or aha, aha moments that we were talking about earlier. Um, I also think that, you know, if, if you look back early on, sort of in terms of the content then of the kerygma, oftentimes, though, it's that, you know, awareness or, or discovery or rediscovery, as you were just saying, of of the, the central truths as we were articulating them initially, you know, God's love for us, what Jesus did for us. Uh, very early on, you know, this is, um, I remember one of my professors in, in, in Rome talking about how, you know, the, the basic, when it first began, when the apostles, you think, of Pentecost with Peter, really, that was the first charismatic proclamation, the announcement of salvation in and through Jesus Christ. Um, and, and and the heart of it then is the apostles went out and, and the other disciples um, with them then proclaiming the good news. He is risen. You know, it began with he is risen. You know, Jesus is risen from the dead. So you and I have talked before, usually in the, in the aftermath of Easter, about that the Easter greeting. Um, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Um, it began with that, but, you know, <laughs> well, who's risen? Risen from what? You know, his, his afternoon nap. And then they had to add on, explain more and more. But just this, the, again, that goes back the power of God present in the resurrection, which is given to us. Us in a very personal and communal way. Uh, and again, sometimes it's something that we hear the first time, maybe as an adult. Um, oftentimes, for many of us, though, we, we grow up hearing it, but we have those moments throughout our lives where we sort of rediscover that. Does, would that you think that's a good way to put it? Most certainly. To, to have those moments of... Um, uh, I can maybe way to think about it, or that I've often thought about in a personal sense is my mom uh, converted to the faith. Uh, she was raised Methodist and became Catholic. But she often complains that people still call her a convert, you know, 30-some years <laughs> later. You know, and she's like, you know, we really should be still converting. Absolutely. Yeah. All, all of us, ongoing conversion. Constantly, I am. Yep. So, but I think, Father... <sighs> What do you think? Do you, do you think that, and I'm not talking so much about whether whether um, 
whether Catholics necessarily have the words to articulate the gospel or, or it's the, the heart of the gospel and the kerygma. Um, but, but how much of a grasp, how, how good of a job have we done sort of on the, the catechetical side of things, the evangelizing side of things to explain um, to our brothers and, brothers and sisters in the faith, this core message of, of the gospel? Do you, would you agree with the the Archbishop from from Melbourne that people maybe aren't don't completely get the the centrality of what Jesus did for us in in understanding the core message, or are you maybe more optimistic than he is? Uh, depends on the person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I think there certainly is a truth to that because, um, and G.K. Chesterton writes about this. So this Archbishop from Melbourne isn't alone. G.K. Testerton writes about this in his book, uh, The Everlasting Man, uh, in which uh, he talks about how, you know, as a, we can get uh, used to or cold, we can grow cold to uh, proclamations such as to, uh, and to the truth of the gospel, just as we can grow cold in any relationship, right? Absolutely. And so uh, there's a need for it to be renewed, and I think there's certain probably times, uh, since we're talking about kerygma and God's providence, there's certainly times and ebb and flow uh, to such things in the life of the Church. And also, uh, uh, right now, we're in the year of faith, and we should remember that part of the year of faith uh, was, or part of the impetus of the year of faith was uh, Pope Benedict's uh, discernment that the Church um, uh, had uh, in some ways, grown cold, right? This is part of his reason for calling for a year of faith. Yeah, absolutely. That we live in a time of profound crisis, even, uh, I think would be um, the uh, what he said about that. Yeah, I, I, I was just um, uh, in Watertown speaking about this the other night. Um, one of his reasons for calling it is that we would discover the joy that comes from the journey of faith, that we'd be filled with joy, that we'd be joyful Christians. Um, that that should be, uh, uh, what do you call it, repetitive, um, redundant. That should be, re- joyful Christians should be redundant. But unfortunately, I, I can verify this from my own personal experience, it's not. I'm not always as joyful as I should be. Um, I, I, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I have, um, waned, I think, mm. I don't know if I whack, well, I've, I've waned and waxed, but we're talking about the waning right now, you know, and just grown, um, grown cold. And, and what we remember, of course, what Jesus said about the lukewarm, uh, in, in revelation, revelation three sixteen. What, so you know, you knew the verse immediately. What, what does it say or paraphrase? Uh, you are neither hot nor cold, but you are lukewarm. So therefore, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Yeah. So we don't want to be lukewarm. No. <laughs> so again, which comes back to the point that you made about you know the, those those moments throughout our lives when we can um, re- rekindle. Um, inflame the fire of faith uh, and, and and rediscover the joy of our faith, recommit ourselves to the relationship with God. As you said, it, it's like, it's like a relationship. Um, it is a relationship and like any relationship you need to work at it. And, and if, if, if it's got grown cold, we can always do things to warm it up again. And thinking even about St. Paul's comments, to Timothy to stir up into flame, the gift that was given to you. 
Absolutely. So, so I do think, you know, just going back to what we mentioned at the beginning, Father, I think um, for people within uh, reasonable driving distance of Sioux Falls, um, encountering Jesus Christ will, could perhaps be one of those charismatic moments. Uh, definitely. There's always an opportunity when we're exposed to good preaching, good formation to have one of those moments. Absolutely. But in any case, uh, just as, as we draw near to the end of the year of faith, um, t- take time to, to, to deepen your, your relationship with God and with Jesus Christ. Um, that's what the new evangelization is all about. And with that, we will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email me if you have any questions or comments, ideas for future episodes. The email address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.